Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's Word, fellowship, and prayer. It's uh, refreshing. It's refreshing to see so many people from Midtown and obviously from, from other parts uh, of the states as well and even the world here uh it's, it's cool and so i'm encouraged by that and uh so many of you guys who were in kaya when i was there uh just seeing how god has continued to grow you and uh how you're maturing you're leading bible studies you're leading people to the lord you're discipling and then to see you come here and see what god's doing with us uh it's just nice i'm not i don't want to make it bigger than that it's just I'm like a dad, right? You know, it's like, just like, it's nice to see kids, you know. It doesn't matter if it's my baby. I just like babies, you know, like, it doesn't matter. So, uh, but it is, it's good to see you guys. Um, I was thinking about what Briscoe was saying, and, and uh, it's, it's uh, solid. It's solid and uh, practical. Uh, so I hope you guys are hearing it. Um, and for some of you guys who have possibly been through Discipleship 2, or maybe you're in Discipleship 2 right now, you guys remember the seven stages of spiritual growth, and where it's, it's healthy for us to consider where we are in that process of development as a, as a believer. Uh, this was helping you. It was helping you see maybe where you are. And don't be frustrated. Don't be discouraged about it. Just recognize, okay, this is, this is kind of where I'm at. Um, and, you know, because some things we're always wanting to get to the next step. Well, how can I get to there? Well, don't worry about that yet. Worry about where you are right now. And so I was just thinking about a passage, uh, Psalm 127. You can turn there if you want, but it, it's going to be, you guys are going to know what it is. Psalm 127, it says, uh, a song of degrees for Solomon. And it says, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. Right? You guys can do everything right. And uh, Pastor Sam Miles has said this before when he was beginning the ministry. Uh, and I believe it might have, man, it could have even been Checkpoint, but it, it might have been Midtown. Uh, but one of the thoughts that he had was like, I, I was purposing to do everything right, the right way, the Bible way. I had right doctrine. I had right, right desires, uh, a pure heart. Um, and so one of the things he says, and you guys have probably heard this, you know, if, if, if you do it the right way, you'll get right results. Well, that's not true. Right? And he realized that. He was doing all the right things. And hey, if I do right things, I'll get right results. And man, Psalm 127, verse 1, is, is one of the verses that was correcting that. Do you guys follow that? So, man, and I'm going to speak for Kaya, uh, uh, for, for, because that's the majority of you guys. I believe that in your heart, you're desiring to do the right thing. And I believe everything that, that Brandon has been speaking about has been with the, with the impetus to do it right. Let's not, let's not halfway this. Let's not do it our own way. Let's not be selfish. Let's be biblical. Let's do it the right way. Brothers and sisters, you could do everything the right way, and you could just be spinning your wheels. 
You can just be doing it over and over again, and then you, then you realize that the ministry is hard, and, it, and you're not getting the results that you want. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. The watchman, he waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. You know, you know what God's saying? Man, don't waste your time if you're just going to do it on your own. Stop worrying about that. Don't be doing it on your own. You can do the Bible studies. You can fast. You can pray. You can serve. You can be in children's ministry, hospitality ministry. You can do all these things. And it's just like, okay, cool. I hope you enjoyed it. You could have been doing these other things too. We need the Lord. We need him. Interesting that, that except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain. But what happens in verse 3? Lo, it all of a sudden shifts to children. Why? Why does it speak of like, we need the Lord. We need him to do a work. Why does it shift to that? It says, lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the, of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth, shooting out into the field to go against the enemy. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. This troop, this family, this group of, of, of people on mission, but they shall speak with the enemies, I love this, in the gate. Let's go, right? This, this person who's relying upon the Lord to build the work, yet how does he do it? Through discipleship through evangelism, through missions, through being obedient to the call, and he raises up these children. It says, those kids, you know what they're going to do? They're going to fight at the gate. They're going to go right up to it. They're not going to retreat. They're going to be all about it. So that gets me excited. And so I don't know, I don't want to take up too much time. I don't know what you guys are needing to do, but one of the things I just wanted to think about saying and is, how do you go from being discipled to deployed? Because I, I think this is really what we want to think about as, as a church or as churches is I want to be and I want you to be people that go from being discipled to deployed. How do we get to that point? And guys, I believe it begins with contentment. It has to start with you being content in your current location in life. Whether that goes from, from physical things where you're still in school and you don't have the job or maybe you're not married or you don't have kids or you don't have what that person has, it begins with if you want to go for every level that, that Brandon was speaking of, if you want to go from being a person who's discipled, who's a learner of Christ to a place to where you are being deployed for the mission of God, it's going to require you to be content in your current setting forever. I'm content now. Now can I go? You guys see, we think contentment, we always think of it maybe as like a past tense thing. And then I was content and God gave me a bride. You know, we always, you know, I was just striving and striving and then I just gave it to the Lord and man, now I'm married and I got kids and I, you know, we always think like contentment's like this, like, you know, yes, thank you, Lord. Uh, but if you want to be deployed, you, you have to learn contentment. And, and the reason why I say that is because when I was the Kaya pastor, 
And I've said this a few times to, to, to a few of you guys. There was no other place I wanted to be. I was not angling. Brandon knew my heart. We, we would go riding on the streets of South Kansas City at times, thinking about opportunities and ideas of church planting. But, but guys, I want to tell you that, that my whole heart was for that ministry. Everything. And when God started opening a new door, it wasn't like, oh, thank you, Lord, finally. I don't have to deal with this anymore. That was a grieving process. I mean, like a hardcore grieving process. Uh, so much so that Caroline and I, at times, when, when we weren't at Midtown, we were visiting Bo Green up at Monmouth, Illinois. When we weren't at Midtown on the day it got announced, we were, we were both just like, oh, good. Because it would have been, it would have hurt. Because we, we, were, we were good. We were full. We were rich. Everything that God had given us in that ministry, it was just like, God, how could it get better? That's how we felt about it. But we also knew that God was calling us to something, and we had to be obedient to it. But too many of us, and I say too many of you guys at times, you're not content. You're not content because you're not the small group leader. Or you're not getting as many opportunities. Brandon's not asking you to preach. Or you're not leading this. Or, or when a small group splits on UMKC's campus, he didn't ask you. And so you're kind of pissed off about it. Maybe that's why he didn't ask you. I had a guy in our church a couple years ago. He was nominated as a deacon. And I, I wasn't going to make him a deacon. And about a month later, he left the church. Guess who was right? I was right. It proved itself out, didn't it? you got to be content. And I know where, where many of you guys are at. And, and a lot of times, the enemy of contentment, you know what it is? It's competition. The enemy of contentment is competition to where you guys actually think that you're against one another. Hmm. I, don't, I, I wasn't able to listen to Brandon's message last night, but if there's a way to destroy a church, it's competition. It's feeling like, well, man, why are you letting him do this? I, man, I've been with you for so long. And you end up being the prodigal son who stayed home. And, and the father says, I'm here. You have me. But the son doesn't want the father, does he? He wants all the other things that go with it, all the other trappings. So contentment. And I, I don't want to labor on and on and on about that. But brothers and sisters, if you want freedom in your own life, if you don't want to be in bondage to this, this crippling thing, which is, which is being discontent, Right? Or this crippling thing that's keeping you out of, of really just, honestly, thriving. Thriving in the ministry. you got to learn contentment. So what does that look like? Man, it looks like listening to your pastor, learning from your disciple, or listening to your small group leader. Being willing to do those hard things that, that begin to teach us selflessness. So contentment is, is where it begins. The next one would be Submission. Brandon was talking about just, just a second ago, you know, submission's hard. But if you want to be a person that goes from being discipled to deployed, you have to learn how to be submitted. And you think, well, that's this church term that, that gets overused and from power-hungry pastors who just want everyone to do it their way. Any healthy organization on this planet requires submission. Do you guys know that? It's just the church isn't afraid to talk about it because the church knows that how valuable it is. Any organization that's worth, worth anything understands the principle of leadership. 
and, and submitting to the leadership that, that, for me, that God has placed in my life. And so if you want to be a disciple that becomes a person who's deployed, and I don't know where you guys are at. Maybe some of you guys are like, bro, uh, the deployed talk is cool, but not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. But if you're even thinking about, I want to be a disciple who, if God would allow, I would be sent, that I would be deployed, then you've got to learn to submit. You've got to learn to submit. And what if I don't want to? Well, that's what submit means. <laughs> Otherwise, it's called agree. Right? I mean, it's like, am I right? I'm right. It's like, man, thank you, Brandon. That's a great idea that you want to use me in this capacity. I'll, I'm will, I'll do it. I'll, I'll submit. I'm so thankful that you have found uh, such wisdom in finding that I'm, I'm worthy of it. <laughs> Agreeing and submitting are different things. We love, we love the church when everyone is singing our praises or wants us to do the thing that we want to do. Submitting's hard because it goes against your will for another will. I think I've heard that before. It goes to a place, it goes to a garden. It goes to a place where Christ is saying, not my will, but, but your will, God. It gets to a place where we have to also say those same things of, God, you know what? I really don't want to do this. I don't want to do hospitality, or I don't want to do this, or whatever it was. And you guys know what that is. You do. I don't want to serve. Brandon's asking me this, or my small group's asking me this, or I've been asked to disciple this person, and you're kind of like, mm, I don't know. Are you going to submit to that? Because submission is not just a game. What it's learning and what it's teaching you is it's learning how to make you selfless. To where I'm not going to continue living after my agenda, my will. I'm going to set my affections on things above. I'm not going to be looking after my own desires, my own uh, 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 plans in life. Those are dead, Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Right? And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the power of the Son of God who raised me up. You know, man, right? We know Galatians 2.20. Man. So you've got to submit. That has to be our heart's desire. And again, submission is not agreeing. Do you guys follow this? How many times, let's just be honest, how many times have we confused that? Where, we, where we're willing to do something if we like to do it. Guys, I'll tell you this, the difference between sometimes being at a church that has, um, that's healthy and mature is if you don't do it, someone else will. Do you know in a church plant, if you don't do it, there's no children's ministry this Sunday. And I mean this, I don't know, sometimes when we come from a healthy church and, 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 and there's just people after people, and <clears throat> I'm sick, I can't do children's ministry today. You get five people who are like, I'll do it. And so there's always this fallback, right? We got to be willing to, to enter into these hard seasons where it's like, man, I don't want to be doing this, I don't, but if I don't do it, no one else will. We got to learn submission. Now, one of the reasons why I brought that up, besides just the clear narrative, when I felt the Lord was calling me to plant a church, 
do you guys know that I had people in my life, people that I respected and loved, not at Midtown, but that were telling me, even if Sam doesn't see it, you should do it anyway? More than one person. And these are not jokers. These are individuals who love the Lord. Pastors who were telling me, hey man, maybe Sam just doesn't see it. Maybe you just need to do it anyway. You know what I told them? No way. No way. I'm not doing that. You won't see me doing that. And I, I, I was respectful. I was like, man, I appreciate you. They were trying to support me. They love me. But I'll tell you what, I was never going to find myself in a place where I was not submitting to the leadership God had put in my life. No matter how much the desire was for God to use me in such a way, no way. I wasn't going to do it. Uh, and I, I don't need to go into the details of that, but I'm telling you this. Do you think that's not going to happen to you? Man, maybe Brandon doesn't see it. Maybe he just doesn't see you know, how good you are. Maybe Brandon doesn't see how valuable you are. Maybe, maybe Sam doesn't understand how much God could use you if, if you just did this. And you know what you do? You start listening to that, and maybe Brandon preached a hard message, or maybe Brandon said a hard word to you some Sunday, and now you're kind of a little ticked off at him, and all of a sudden you have someone coming in, this little voice, this serpentine voice that's saying, you know what, maybe he just doesn't understand. The cool thing about God is that God's bigger than Brandon. And maybe Brandon doesn't see it, but I'll tell you this right now, that if Brandon is submitted to the Holy Spirit, and you are, I think you guys are going to get connected. And I think it's going to work out. And sometimes God even uses the slowness of a pastor to work out things in your life that you thought were already done. And so we need to learn how to submit. And guys, I'm telling you, Submission's not easy. We, we already covered that. It's not just agreeing. It's doing something that you don't want to do. But it's also doing something when other people will tell you to do otherwise. There will always be someone that tells you why you don't need to submit. And why you're the most awesome, best person ever. And they don't understand you. And no one understands you here. This is why you need to leave Kaya. They just don't understand. Uh, your, your talents, your gifts could be used so much greater if you went somewhere else. Well, that sounds like a wolf. That sounds like a wolf. Do you guys are you, you know why I'm saying these things? Because every single one of you guys who wants to enter into the ministry, it's going to happen to you. And if you don't make a decision now before you enter into the fight, if you're, making the, if you're in the fight and arrows are coming by you and people around you are, are dying spiritually, and, and is that when you make the decision to submit? You're going to make the decision to submit when you're in the middle of the battle? Bullcrap, right? You're going, to, you're going to walk away from that. You make a submission before you ever even put the boots on. This is the guy I'm going to, I'm going to submit to. Pastor Sam Miles, I'm down. Whatever. Okay, let's go. What are we doing? We're doing that? Wow, wasn't expecting that answer. Okay. Man, we're in Acts. We're a little behind you guys. I'm trying to catch up, though. That's like the running dialogue between me and Brandon. How, where are you? All right. We're in Acts 16. So I'm like, I'm like, hustling. I'm just, I, I keep praying that Brandon will do another, like, Jonah series. Or, you know, 
Remnant series. There's more. You've just, you're, you didn't study hard enough to find all the people in the Remnant, so you should pray for him that he just... <laughs> Did you do Joseph? <laughs> he was all alone. Man, that, that was hard. Thrown in a pit. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. You got to make the decision to submit before you enter into the battle. If you make, if if you if you're like, man, I'm in, let's go, and you haven't determined that that Midtown Living Faith, right, that the, this is the place where, man, I'm I'm in, let's go, I'm ready. Uh, you won't. You won't. Uh, third thing would be this. I said this in 2016. It was a part of my. My last message before I left Midtown, I left, that's the wrong word, before we were sent out from Midtown, um, understand you're in a lab. Understand you're in a lab right now. Understand that you're in a greenhouse. What I mean by that is I've been a part of of three churches, two very healthy ones, and and we we are determining by God's grace to make Living Faith also a model church that would be healthy, making disciples. But both at Kansas City Baptist Temple, which was my church growing up, and Midtown Baptist Temple, so Kansas City Baptist Temple sent out Midtown Baptist Temple, anything that you touched at KCBT would grow. You'd throw it in the ground and poof, it'd pop up. Midtown was the same way. Man, once Midtown got to a place of strength, Whatever small group you started blossomed. Whatever discipleship relationship just went awesome. It seemed like whatever you did, it just worked. And I know I'm being somewhat, you know, flowery and over the top. I realize that there's, there's difficulties, there's struggles. It's a battle. But I do believe that if you want to go from being discipled to deployed, you need to know that when you go to that other place, that new ground, it's going to be tough. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rocky. It's going to be rocky. And you will not be in the greenhouse anymore where everything's covered and you have a good covering of not only Brandon, but Chris Best, Kenny Morgan, Will Mata, Jeff Grasher, uh, Sam. Do you guys follow that? And you might have Joker here. And that's all. And Joker here doesn't always have the answers that a Sam Miles would or a Briscoe or a Chris Best, or can you guys follow that? And not only that, but, but when you go from being disciple to deployed and you're wanting to now go into t- enemy territory, you're wanting to meet the enemy at the gate, if you will, you're not going to be in the laboratory anymore. You're not going to be in the greenhouse where everything grows and, and you're going to think, well, I did it, you know, when I was in Brookside Bottoms small group, you know, and I was, and I was with, you know, Tavla here, I don't even know if she... I see, I see the man back there. Um, that's you, you're Ryan. You're her man? Yeah. Do you even know if your wife's here? Okay. But I was, in, I was in Brooks' Bible study. I was in Havel's Bible study. I was in Julie's Bible study. I was in these Bible studies. And so, I mean, I know the Bible. I know how to do this. And so it's going to work. You're entering into enemy ground. And it's going to be rough. And so I don't say this like, poor me, it's hard on the mission field. Like, we're all on the mission field. So please, like, don't, let's not play that game. All I'm trying to tell you is if you try to go into being deployed without understanding how special it is where you are, you're making a mistake. 
You're in a very safe place with great covering. You got this greenhouse effect in such a good way to where, man, everything, if you plant it, it grows, has the perfect amount of humidity, moisture, all those things. It's, you're healthy. You're about to go into, with your team, into a place that is going to be enemy ground. For the first six months at Living Faith, I felt like a guest preacher in, in our own church. I'd come behind here, and I'd look around, I'd be like, I don't know half you guys. I don't even know who you guys are. Okay, guys, let's open our Bibles to Colossians. And, and literally, I'm just thinking like, well, this might be their last week. And so you, you're entering into like trepidatious ground, if you will. And so you have to understand that you're in a safe place for growth. Take advantage of it. You're in a good place. Grow. Get deep roots. But realize when you get sent that just because like, well, I went to Midtown Baptist Temple. We have all the answers. Get ready to get punched in the face. Like numerous times. And then, then you come back. I don't know how many of you guys were around, but I wrote a blog post for Brandon a few years back. Guys, I had to start studying baptism again. What the crap, right? I'm like, like baptism. You know, I'm thinking like, do I even know how to say the words? And like, why am I the only one that should be baptizing? And, you know, all these things and all this stuff that I just knew. I realized, wow, I didn't know that. And I'm learning all of these different things that I felt like I, I understood. And maybe I'm just rambling right now. I'm not trying to, but I'm just saying, like, it's so precious what you guys have. And I hope you realize that. It's such a joy to be a part of a healthy church that's mature and just cranking it out. But when you get sent, if God allows that to happen, know that, yeah, it will, it will be hard, it'll be difficult. But it'll be so great, too. But you just know what you're getting into. And not like it's, you know, you have this, you know, defeatist mentality. But just know. I, I all, that's all I got to say. And I, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I've said that too many times to you guys. But appreciate what God has given you. Appreciate what God has given you. Number four, if you want to go from being discipled to deployed, you got to realize that it does mean that you need to be deployed. What being deployed means is that you are a sent one. If you're going to be deployed, I think it was like the last point that you made, Brandon, being sent. Being, sent. being deployed means that you don't make the rules up, that you're not angling. So often in the ministry, we're looking for opportunities to serve, but we're also looking for opportunities to do it the way we want to do it. I'm looking for ways in which it's going to work for me. Being deployed means that you are submitted, that you're content, you're thriving in your current place, all of those things. And finally, when the leadership that's present in your life recognizes it, they say, you know what? We're seeing that God is doing this thing in you. We want you to pray, da 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 da, da whatever it may be. To be a sent one, and, and you guys have heard this, rather than a went one, is so critical. You want to talk about a way to make a pastor have gray hairs? Be a went one. Make it work on your own. Do your own thing and go. And then you know what your pastor's saying? Hey, man, love you. I pray that God blesses you in this. Man, love you. Let me know how it goes. And you're just grieving inside because you know the person wasn't content, they weren't submitted. Right? They didn't realize what they had. 
They just got to get out. Just got to do it. He doesn't understand. Don't be a went one. Don't be a went one. Be a sent one. Be deployed. If you want to be deployed, you got to be deployed. You can't just go where you want to go. I know, write that down. <laughs> so it's not something that you create. You obey to the call your local church has been given. You obey to that call. What has your local church, what is the command that they've been given? What have they told you to do? You obey that. You obey that. Get in line with that. You do that, it's going to be a great time. And we'll see how God will continue to work. Now, I don't know. I, I haven't told my story, so I don't know if I need to or not. So, yeah, so maybe someday I can tell you guys the story. Maybe a lot of you guys know it, but we'll get to that at some point. So, anyway, yeah. Any questions or, Brandon, you want to say anything? Yeah. Is that good? Hmm? I know, I know. It's always awful being the second guy. I was dreading coming up here. Everyone's like, are you serious? <laughs> and him? Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's great. It's a good problem. Most of us don't have that problem. Um, I would, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but I would on a daily basis be asking the Lord to give me w wisdom on how to purposely invest in these individuals that God has put in my life. Um, except the Lord build the house. You're going to labor in vain. And so you're going to get yourself tired doing all these things just because you have such a heart for ministry and for people. You want to see people saved. You need his direction. We've got to redeem the time. Um, we all could do a bunch of things. And, and one of the reasons why it's important to submit to the, to the leadership of your church is because we all got a bunch of hills we can climb. But the local church helps us to find the hill to climb. And we could all do this, and we could do soup kitchens, and we could do this, and homeless shelters, and we could do all these things. I'm not saying that's what you're doing. But, so you need to ask, you know, the Holy Spirit to guide you, but also, you know, man, let your pastor know what, what's going on. I'd say be purposeful. Uh, there's, to everything, there's a season. And so for, it might be a season where you need, there's only so much of you to invest in the relationships that God has already given you. Not to view it in like um, a transactional manner where it's like, you know, you didn't accept the Lord, peace, I'm out. Um, so it could be something, what are you guys doing? Man, just kidding. <laughs> just trying to be really obnoxious. Uh, <clears throat> I would just say that you need to make sure that whatever that relationship is, that you're being intentional um, uh, with it in prayer. Uh, and it could be that, man, hey, Sam, I was just messing with you too, man. I was just trying to be obnoxious. Yeah, I love you. Yeah. I'm not apologizing to you. Um, but I would really, I would, I would consider, um, okay, God, there are so many people in my life. I just want to continue to keep showing the gospel to them. Uh, but God... Who do you want me to invest in today? God, help me see. And he'll start to direct it to you. And we got to redeem the time. Uh, and also, I'd say, 
Who's in your life? Bring them with you. Don't be a Rambo. Don't be, don't be all by yourself. Try to, try to enter in with other people. Bring other people with you, whether that's disciples or your discipler, um, your small group. Try to find ways that you're not isolating yourself. Sometimes people that are gifted with evangelism, which I don't know if maybe that's you, um, we find ways to isolate ourselves, and it can actually cripple the ministry that we're trying to accomplish. You want to bring other people with you. Um, so when, when you like left to go to art school, you were kind of pulled back from the ministry that you were doing. And so when the Lord is leading you to a place where you have to pull back from like quantity of ministry, what's the, like, how do you be effective in ministry when it is forced to be a smaller part of your life? Yeah, that was an interesting season. What Braden's talking about is when I went to San Francisco, um, I got my master's degree out there and we were there for three years. And before that, I was a small group leader with Sam, uh, you know, discipling, counseling, you know, I was up to my eyeballs in ministry. Brandon remembers all that those days. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, I'm out of it. Um, I would say this, that, that time for me, and I can't speak for everyone, I was already through what is the equivalent to LFBI. I was already married. I was already discipling people. I had already split small groups. And so I was in a very healthy place spiritually. But for me, that was a good place of intimacy with God. And, and I learned uh, who God was on a very intimate level. Um, and I, I learned how to cherish my wife, too, in a way that, that we were co-laborers, but now there was, it was a special bond that God gave us. But as far as ministry goes, um, my, my evangelism with my friends and those I knew at school didn't waver. In fact, it became more intentional. Sometimes some of the noise of ministry can get in the way of the true ministry. And so for me... I might have felt like a dull spoon when I came back because I wasn't getting the same doctrine out there. Uh, the church was a good church, but, but I, when I came back to Midtown, uh, Midtown wasn't around when I left, but when I came back and Midtown was there and certain of the people that were in my Bible study were now leading Bible studies, Eric Phillips being one of them. I remember going back to this small group and I was just thinking, I remember that. So it was kind of intimidating uh, being out of, out of a good church like, like KCBT or Midtown. But for me, the biggest thing that happened when it was that season was I was very intentional to, to continue my walk with God, to make it more intimate. And maybe I wasn't going to be as, as paramount in, in discipleship at that point, but my evangelism was just as strong, if not stronger, with, with the people in my life. And so the ministry should never stop. Even if it's, you, you should every day be looking for opportunities to be a light. Um, and so I don't know if that's a good answer or not, but... Um, Maybe it'll lessen in responsibility as like people being under me, but at the end of the day, what are we really here for? It's to share the gospel and make disciples. We can put a lot of different window dressing on it, but that's really what we need to be doing from an intimate walk with him in the word. So. Um, so what would you say the most, uh, the best part and the worst part about discipling Brandon Briscoe was? Uh, discipling your pastor was, it's probably going to be one of the most um, important parts of my life. And so, why do you do this? Um, so... 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it was awesome, you know, and, and I, I think early on I knew, and we, we had such a friendship. Um, I didn't even know him, really. We, we walked up and, and I, I said, uh, man, have you, have, you, have you considered discipleship? I remember where I was. I remember where I was standing. And uh, I don't know why I knew, but I knew I was like, God's going to do something. And uh, so that was, I mean, it was great. It took me way too long. But I think it's just because we enjoyed one another and spent a lot of time together. I think God used it. Um, so I know maybe you're being a little funny. I don't know. But, um, but it's one of, the, one of the best times of my life. It's one, and and I'll, I believe I'll have more fruit because of that one decision than maybe almost any other thing. So, um, so that's a blessing. Brandon's very hard-headed, though, too. Uh, and so... Uh, but you know what's interesting? Um, so am I. Uh, over the years, as I've prayed for Brandon, even from a distance, there's times, and for whatever reason, God has always given me a word to pray for Brandon uh, throughout the seasons. When I was in San Francisco, you know, there was a word that he'd give me, or when I got back, there was a word, and I would just pray that for years, you know, just, just whatever it would be, uh, joy, grace, love, whatever things that God was just telling me, like, I want to make sure that this is being put into him. Um, so that's, that's, those are special memories that I have. Um, bad, I don't think there's any bad. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't give you the, the, the dirt, but uh, it's refreshing. Discipleship is the best thing you'll ever be a part of. It's wonderful. So You almost got me, Nick. So what was the most difficult thing in the transition from Midtown to Living Faith? Oh, man. Hmm, that's a hard one. Um, most difficult transition. Well, leaving Kaya was probably, that was probably it. Um, leaving people I loved. Um, that I cared about deeply. Keeping it quiet from, to, from Kaya, that was really hard. Um, yeah, that's a hard question, but, but I would say Kaya, leaving Kaya. Um, yeah, without doubt, actually. Uh, we didn't have the resources. We, we were working with a brand new team. I mean, like, we were, in November, we started meeting as a team, and we didn't know each other at all. That was hard. That was a little difficult. Uh, we started in January, and uh, people are like, how long have you guys ministered together? I'm like, this week, you know? <laughs> like, um, so, but that, I, I honestly think if you're healthy, leaving your sending church, although you know what you're doing and it's exciting, that hurts, that, that's hard, yeah. Um, not having the resources, um, you, there's a lot I could say. I'm sorry, I could, I could go on and on. There's a lot I could say. And a lot of it revolves around me feeling inadequate. That's, that's a big one. You better be trusting the Lord as you get sent because um, if you have any, any confidence in the flesh, um, it'll, you'll be quickly seeing how little you do know.
No, it's not. <laughs> Sorry, you know, you're fine. Um, when you were being sent to like Lee Summit and you submit, was it really hard to find contentment here? Because you were essentially like starting from scratch with like contentment. people. Yeah. Well, uh, it was actually easy because I knew this is what God called me to do. So as much as it, it was hard to leave, we were pretty jazzed. We were pretty excited what God was doing. And I think anyone who is deployed will feel the same way. It's, it's bittersweet, but it is sweet. When, and all of a sudden, when, when you have that first Sunday and people that you don't know are there and you're going, this is why we did what we did. And when someone gets saved through a Christian to Christ study, you're like, this is why we're here. Um, we could have stayed at Midtown. We could have kept doing Crosstown missions and more Bible studies, and that could have been effective. But I believe that the goal is to make disciples to then plant churches if God allows. So there was a lot of contentment. There was a lot of passion. So it's good to see you. No. God, you got it. Oh, when wait. did you realize that um, Brandon was like ready to take the pastoral position? Well, he was already pastoring. Um, but it made perfect sense. You mean Kaya? Yeah. yeah, it just made perfect sense. I mean, our relationship, uh, we're similar in a lot of ways. We're also not. I mean, you know, I, I think I'm a robot, and he actually has emotions. And so, <laughs> which is healthy for you guys. You need someone who actually, you know, can feel things. I'm, I'm like, that's too bad. <laughs> so, it, it's good, but... I know that's probably a weak answer, but I knew. It, it, honestly, I don't think I, I asked, but it was just obvious. It was obvious what the Lord was doing, that you were the person to replace me at Midtown. Uh, but you know what? It's discipleship. And I know that sounds like a cliche answer, but, but discipleship is what does that. You just know, because you're a church that disciples. I'm telling you guys, in our fellowship, it's... it's um, I always get myself in trouble. This is what I do. Mm. Even in good, godly churches, people are hiring pastors from outside. And by God's grace, we don't want to do that. We want to we hire our own. Um, we want to be churches that are raising our own. And so when a question goes, well, who do we want to replace you? Like, Brandon. Makes sense. Right? And listen, it's not always going to be that way. There will be times when maybe you've been training your key guy for 10 years, and all of a sudden he leaves. And you're like, yeah, I wanted to send you, but here. <laughs> Take my spot. So there are times when even good, godly discipleship churches have to deal with that. But by God's grace, we want to be a church that is training up our own so that it's that next baton, you know, that we just keep running. Uh, there was someone up here. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. I'm sorry. Mally? Mally? I don't know that. <laughs> um, so my question was just about your time in San Francisco, what it was like joining a church that was, like coming in as the new guy. Yeah, I, it wasn't the healthiest church. It was a healthy church, but it wasn't like uh, of our same ilk. And uh, it was kind of like a, a pause in ministry for me. I wouldn't really advise it. Uh, in some ways. I was very healthy, so God showed me a lot, but um, you got to be careful for that, um, leaving a church. I would want to know that where I'm going has a church 
that I'm being a part of. I think it's very dangerous, especially at your age, to leave a healthy place and be like, I'm healthy, I'm good. I'm going to go to a place that doesn't have a good church and we'll just figure it out. Satan knows how to chew people up and spit them out. And so I really wouldn't advise what I did on, on a grand scale. God was faithful and gracious to me. But uh, it's different. You know, we were kind of outsiders for a long time. And, and in some ways, because of doctrine, it was difficult at times. It's the best church we could find. But um, so my, my relationship with God became very intimate and personal. Uh, and my ministry became very personal with evangelism and, and just personal relationships. But it was very different. So much so when I came back, I felt very inadequate and, and odd and like a dull spoon, like I was saying, or a dull knife or whatever. All spoons are dull. I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah. Brian, were you thinking that? Like, spoons are dull. They shouldn't. Like, ah! Yeah. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know, guys. Is that good? Or any more questions? Or Uriah left. He was like, I'm out of here. I can't stand this. Oh, yeah. Good to see you. Um, so when you went to KCI and when you taught there, what did the mission field look like each of those times? When I went to KCI as a student or as a teacher? Both. Yeah, what was the, what did it look like when you went there? And what then, you guys having right now at KCI is freaking awesome. Uh, maybe I wasn't bold enough or I didn't have the vision for it. Uh, or I was intimidated. It's a dark place. It was so dark. Uh, Blake, I don't know if Blake's here right now. Well, I fell over. Um, is Blake here? Yeah. I watched Blake turn into a ghost over four years. Blake, I'm sorry, Blake. I'm throwing you the bus. Uh, Blake comes in full of faith as a freshman by his senior year, following the Lord, but it about chewed him up and spit him out. It was a dark place. And I apologize, Blake. I'm not trying to... Blake loves the Lord. He never... He never faltered in that, but you're in, a, you're in such a dark place that's so against God. Uh, to see what God is doing now is pretty incredible. Um, for me, as a teacher, I was always looking for opportunities to speak with students one-on-one, -on -one, and the Art Institute pre pre uh, presents that opportunity in full, like, you know, just over and over again, so I loved that about the Art Institute. I was able to really develop a lot of good relationships with students, but... Uh, but yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I have a way to answer that. Um, I'm really happy for what God is doing now. Um, it's exciting to see uh, how God has given Brandon vision for that and other people as well to really just kick that, that door down. Um, the whole world's dark, so screw it. Like, let's just go, right? And so maybe I, I was just, uh, I didn't have enough boldness at the time. But as a student, I wanted to build relationships. As a teacher, I wanted to build relationships. Um, People don't really care what you know or what you believe unless they know that you care for them and love them. And I think you know that. And I think all of you guys know that. Before you're going to give someone the gospel, they need to know that you love them. And so that's important. That was a big deal for me when I was at the Art Institute. And it's a big deal for me as I still continue to teach. I want students to know I care for them. So I don't, I don't know. That's what didn't help you or not. Um, as you started to plant living faith, was there a certain kind of fast that God put on your heart to do? A fast? Yeah, we fasted. The pastors and leaders fasted for three weeks um, before it was, before it was uh, decided. And I was willing with whatever Sam said, whatever the pastors said, whatever they said we were going to do. But that was in uh, July and August of 2016. 
And so we spent three weeks of prayer and fasting just begging the Lord to give us wisdom. And so there, you know, in particular, the question was, God, what do you want to do? You know, give us wisdom because we're not going to go forward. I'm not going to be a went one. I already decided that. Uh, and so special fast. Besides that, I don't know if it was special. Brandon, I don't know if you remember anything in more particular. It was just, hey, let's, we got to see what God is doing. During the time, yeah, Brandon hadn't eaten for three weeks, solid. No. That's not true. No. But uh, we did, yeah, we absolutely fasted and prayed for, for three weeks just to make sure that we weren't moving in our own direction on this. Very advisable. Very advisable. Let's empty the flesh. Let's, let's not make any carnal decisions. Let's make sure that we're listening to the Spirit of God. Whenever someone raises it in your hand, everyone else is like, please, come on. <laughs> so when did the burden to be a church planner come, and when did you actually feel called to do it? Man, uh, when I was... <laughs> You talked to James Fife, and uh, around the same time that he believed God was calling him to be a missionary, I believe that God was calling me in some way to be a pastor. So that was in high school days, actually. Um, I was one of those guys that like, got grounded from church, you know, so I was kind of a nerd. But, uh, but I believed when I was in high school that God was calling me to be a pastor. I didn't know what church planting meant, but from a young age, I believed that God was putting me in a position to where I needed to use his gifting in my life to pastor others. So it was at a very young age. Um, and I was discipled at a young age. Uh, and so all those things started to factor in. Um, but, I mean, I would say that we talked about some of those things in some regard, but I don't think I understood what pa church planting even meant. That wasn't something that was discussed a lot at Kansas City, Kansas City Baptist Temple. Missions was. But church planting, that wasn't really, like, keyed in on. Uh, so it wasn't until I got back to Midtown that that started to become a little bit more of an idea or understanding. So, uh, but it's been something for a while, shepherding in some regard. Um, I don't know exactly how to phrase the question, but you mentioned the concept of there's a lot of churches and Christians who like hire pastors, like they come from outside. And I know a lot of people actually either that are like in the process of wanting to do that in the future or have done that or like I've heard guys speak that are like I got hired at this church and then this church and uh, like I have friends who have mm -hmm. they they just get hired at a brand new church like no one knows them they don't know anyone it's just their career um, and I don't know yeah. what their heart is entirely but like just what would you say like what's the way if I'm like if I've I don't want to ever come across as like, oh, you're not doing it right. But like, what's a way to lovingly approach that? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I would probably say that they're not doing it right. Uh, I would say, uh, you hit the nail on the head uh, when you mentioned the word career. And uh, you got to ask yourself the question, is it a calling or a career? Am I putting my resume out? And uh, unfortunately, the world has, has bought into this where you put your resume out and then you try to get hired somewhere. Um, but, you know, I think grace, 
love covers a multitude of sins. I mean, I think you have an, a generous and sincere spirit. Obviously, they, that's how they were raised, and so they're just doing what they know. And so you got to be careful. Uh, Sam told me one thing, whether I do it all the time or not. I get myself in trouble if you haven't found that out by speaking too much. Uh, but one of the things he says, I wait for four words, and those four words is, are, what do you think? And so sometimes you just want to wait for that. If one of your friends is like, hey, well, what do you think? Uh, you want to wait for that invitation to maybe talk about a sensitive issue like that. To where you can start saying something like, you know, uh, the Bible shows us that God wants to call us to these things. And it's not just a career. Uh, because once, once you become a careerist in the ministry, that's a dangerous place, which I think you understand. You want to be looking for a calling. And, and one of the biggest reasons for that, why we preach it so much, is because we're looking for DNA. And so many guys that, that might want to say that they are part of our DNA, they're bringing their own in. And you want to have division and discord in the body of Christ, especially at the leadership Hire someone. Hire someone from the outside, and you're going to find that that person has their own ministry model, own methodology, which is probably going to actually start to rub the ministry the wrong way. I've seen it. We've all seen it. It, it starts to dismantle a work. So career versus calling, looking for DNA, uh, but waiting for a friend. Hey, what do you think? You know, I think that's healthy. It was beneficial for me. So yeah. congratulations, too. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so starting the ministry at KU Med a few years ago um, makes me think about how starting any new field can be difficult and how you have to set a vision. Um, what have you learned about good ways to set a vision and to envision the people that are serving alongside you? I, I never want to assume that anyone, I never want to assume that anyone, even on the team, fully understands the DNA that I'm trying to reproduce. And so, so much so where I'm going to reproduce, I'm going to keep saying what I'm saying over and over again to where it's beyond a shadow of a doubt of what we're trying to do. I think sometimes we run the risk of, of not wanting to say something because we don't want to offend or, man, they all know this. I'm, I want to assume that they don't. I want to assume that, that even my team I will say things over and over again in the pulpit just to constantly make sure that everyone is aware of uh, what the real vision is. And so repetition is the price of learning. You want to continue to, to make sure that the main thing is always the main thing, that people know what that is. Uh, it sounds ridiculous, but I always want to assume that people don't know, uh, especially when you're, trying, when you're not working within the confines of the local church. Hear me out on that, where, where other Christians probably are also coming. But if you're leading it in some way, um, the safest way to not have like many hills to climb is we keep letting everyone know this is the hill, this is the hill, this is the hill we're climbing. And that really helps to make sure that the mission stays, stays sound. Constant, constant. Um, almost in every time that you're meeting. Yeah. yeah. What are some unexpected things you ran into as you grew in ministry, like grew in leadership, and then unexpected things um, starting this church? Say, what was the first part again? Unexpected things growing in leadership in the ministry. Oh, man. Um, that's a tough question. Unexpected things that I learned in ministry over the years? 
I ran into. Um, I think sometimes confidence is cockiness, a lot of times. And, and there was times when I was very confident that I knew the Word of God or I knew the right answer. And, uh, and that probably still gets me in trouble, even today. Uh, that what I think is just, hey, this is it, C- can come across cocky. I- I've had to learn that, to sometimes keep my mouth shut and to, you're noticing the theme. Uh, but just to really wait on the Lord. Um, and, you know, man, as far as here, the, the list would be too long of, of the, thing, the unexpected things. Um, you're going to put people in ministry that maybe you never would at Midtown, right? Just because like, you need help, uh, and, and which causes problems at times. That was unexpected. Uh, and you've got to deal with that at, at a certain level. But it's a hard question for me to answer. I'd have to think through that. I apologize. Um, I don't know, Brandon, what would you think? Unexpected things. Um, would bounce. <clears throat> yeah, it's painful. Yeah, well, I guess one of the things Brandon's talking about is our sending church, not Midtown, but, but Kansas, Kansas City Baptist Temple. They kind of changed directions on, on their ministry. That was kind of shocking. Uh, you kind of feel a little bit like you're on an island. It kind of hurts. Um, you, have, you have people in your life that you look up to, and then they have a divorce. They get an affair. They quit the ministry. Uh, you, you realize that the ministry gets uh, more and more narrow. Um, so that's, that's hard. That's unexpected. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, though. If God gave you all the answers in the very beginning, we'd never do it. If he showed you, like, I just want to know, God, he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> because it would be, it'd be too much. So my whole life is an unexpected thing, I think, in some ways. So the fact that I'm in the ministry, you know, that's unexpected. So, yeah. Yeah, go for it. What specifically are you guys praying for right now, and how can we join you in that? Man, depth, depth in our team. Uh, You know, one of the things that's really on my, my heart right now is that we would not be a church of silos uh, to where everyone has their own agenda or everyone has their own ministry and they're bought in and, and they're so like focused on that with this like very myopic kind of view. Um, I'm really want, wanting to guard our church from siloing. Uh, I feel like that can be really dangerous to where we're not on the same page. Uh, so to make it short, I would say pray for us that as much as, much as our, the depth of our ministry grows, that people don't become so focused on their one thing that they can't see the whole. So that's a big one. And that, that's a hard one for growing leaders because then they get so bought into that one thing and they start to learn how to say no to other things that they, they start to silo and then they're more interested in what they're doing than even their pastor is doing. What I'm doing needs to make sure that it brings fruit for his account. And I think I said this at another point, but but when I was at Midtown, my whole goal was to make Sam Miles filthy rich at the judgment seat. That was it. That was all I wanted to do. And so I would say that should be the same thing for you guys. You guys are wanting to make Brandon Briscoe rich at the judgment seat. You're wanting to make Sam Miles rich at the judgment seat. That is what you want to do. You have that focus, it's going to be fun. That's, it's going to be fun. So praying against that silo mentality. So. I keep asking you too. Yeah, right now. 
thought I was done for the day. Um, the reason we did the retreat this way is because um, I know that um, our ministry is going to have these cycles where <clears throat> leadership rises to the top and, and they'll, they'll be called. And we all need to be prepared for what that process looks like. And so I really see over the next year with the Vietnam thing in particular, that we're going to lose a lot of really crucial leaders in our ministry. They're going to be sifted off the top, you know, they're like the creme de la creme, and they'll go and they'll plant a church. And that will leave voids in ministry that people have to come up into. And we're going to have to recognize that this, we're all, we all have to be ready for what that looks like because we're all responsible for the success of Vietnam. We are all responsible for the success of Living Faithly Summit in Tampa and Boston. We're all responsible for that. And we all have to know our place. And I think my, my prayer right this very moment is that, um, that Kaya would be mature enough to recognize uh, that everyone needs an individual vision for how that works, um, who they're supposed to be in that. And yeah, we just need to see it with clarity. So I guess that, that would be my prayer. Okay, this is it. I'm sorry, guys, for talking so long with you guys. It's refreshing for me to be with you, though. I think... Uh, Have you ever experienced um, there was the time that you were feeble-minded, like hands on handout, and because you're, in a, uh, you're a church planter, and you're the pastor, so everybody relies on you. And so how did God bring you out, or how did God help you in that moment? Did I ever feel feeble-minded? Yeah, and Brandon said it under his breath, but like all the time. Uh, and I'm not kidding. Uh, that's, uh, I used the word inadequate earlier, as in coming back to Midtown, I felt a little inadequate. Every week I do. Um, I get behind this pulpit on Sunday, and there's fear, because I know what I'm, I'm doing is I'm opening the scriptures, not fear of man per se, maybe there's some of that, I don't know, but I want to make sure I'm representing God right, and, and I know that um, I don't have the ability, so I'm, I'm incredibly inadequate for the task, which makes me approved for the task, which makes you approved for the task. Um, but if we get to a place where we recognize that we don't have the ability, no matter how long you've gone through D1, D2, LFBI, if you recognize that you don't have the ability, you're in a great position. Um, daily obedience, but if you knew all the times where I couldn't sleep at night because I'm thinking about what a screw-up I am, uh, it would boggle your mind. <laughs> and I'm being serious. There's, there's so many times I'm thinking, like, I don't have the answers I don't know how to answer this counseling situation. I don't know how to make sure that this marriage is going to stay married. They're, they're going to stay together. Um, this person is going through this, this very difficult time. I don't have the answers. And feeling kind of like a screw-up, you know, and, and man, there's so many other people that could give them better counsel. And I just say, I trust the Lord. God, help me. Give me wisdom. Um, but that's the best place to be. It's the safest place to be. So I, I would say that it's not that I had that and I, and I found victory out of it. It's just a constant place of inadequacy of like, God, you've you got to do this work. 
you got to lead this. And then when I'm there, when those, when those seasons are there, I'm, I'm brought to a place where I recognize my inadequacy, I usually get to experience the greatness of God. It usually gets just awesome at that point, right? It's not about the Dan show or living faith, how awesome we are, but it's how awesome he is. God doesn't work. When I'm desperate, um, Joe McCaig said something at the discipleship conference, and I can't say it how he said it, but it's like, it's not when you know enough how to, it's kind of a weird way he said it, but it's when you hurt enough, you have to. It's not when you know enough how to do that thing, it's when you hurt enough that you have to. And I think God wants us to be at that place to where it's not about what you know, it's about do you hurt bad enough? Does it grieve you enough? I think there's something pretty powerful in that statement. So, guys, I love you, though. And, uh, yeah, thanks for being here. So, um, we were going to do small groups. We're not doing that now. Okay. Um, Sorry for all of those Bible study leaders who prepared last night. Um, We don't have time. We got lunch to eat. And... uh, we got to dismiss because we got to do church tomorrow. But, um, man, I'm so thankful that that's how things turned. Um, hearing from Dan that way I think is really good for us. And uh, so I'm grateful. Appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's do this. Let's pray for all of the church plants. Yeah? Um, let's let's play, pr- pray for Boston, Tampa, Lee Summit. Let's pray for Vietnam. And let's ask the Lord to bless those works because what we want to see is that each one of these church, churches would become their own Antioch and uh, that they would be equipped and strong enough uh, to plant more churches. And so let's do that right now. And then um, after I've finished praying, um, if you need to grab someone to, to pray, okay, so this is the invitation part. If you need to grab someone to pray through what God's doing in your life, or, or maybe you made a discovery uh, today uh, about maybe something you didn't see, something, a blind spot was uncovered, and, um, and you need to pray through that, let's, let's pray about that. If, if you're realizing for the very first time that maybe God is calling you to be a part of church planting or to be a missionary, maybe... You're like Dan, where he didn't, he didn't know what his life was going to look like, but he knew at a certain point that he was supposed to be shepherding. He just sensed that. And maybe you sense that right now. Maybe you sense that you're supposed to be a part of a work, but you have no idea when or how or what that looks like, but you just need to pray about it. Grab someone to do that, okay? So we'll pray right now, and then as we dismiss, people can get up. And Is lunch ready to serve? Yeah, it is. So if, if you are really hungry and you're not spiritual, you can hurry and be the first in line. Um, or you can stay with the spiritual people and stay back. And No, I'm joking. I, I don't care. I'm really hungry. I'll probably be the first in line. <laughs> what, man, Kit? Let's say we'll wait for 10 more minutes for lunch. 10 more. <laughs> okay. No. Um, so, so we've got 10 more minutes. That's plenty of time to pray actually. So maybe we, maybe we should all be praying. Let's pray, let's pray real quick for a blessing on, uh, on the church plants. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful um, to have fallen into this work. I mean, I, 
I had been a part of lots of churches before, and I had had lots of I've had lots of Christian experiences, and somehow you brought me, uh, you brought me to a church a long time ago, that believed your word in a way I'd never seen it believed before, and you and and I was taught the book, and that like I don't know how that happened. I can't explain that. There was something sovereign involved. Um, you, maybe you just saw my willingness and my need, I, but whatever it was, and this road you put me on, this path, I am forever grateful. And I am so thankful to be a part of a church that takes the work of planting churches and raising up leaders seriously. It's just serious. We're just like a bunch of really serious people. I fit in great. And uh, I'm so I'm thankful. And I'm thankful for the fact that we've begun the work of planting churches, that there's a a church in Tampa, and there's a church in Boston, and there's a church in Lee Summit. Who would have thought? And it is so good. And to see the fruit, and to see the people that I care about struggling through ministry, yet thriving because they believe you, uh, is so good for me. And And I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for that. And so, Lord, I, I see what you're doing. Not everything. I, I, I see you at work. Uh, and I, and I want to ask that you would continue to pour out your grace, to pour out your mercy, to draw souls to your word the same way you, you drew me in. It felt like by chance, but, Lord, you're at work. You're at work in this community. In every one of these neighborhoods that surround this church, you're at work. You're doing things. You know people. You love them. Lord, Bring them to a place of humility and a desire to know your word and allow churches just like this one, just like in Tampa and Boston, to pour into people, to find those people, to seek them out, to draw them in, to disciple them, to train them, and to bring them into a place of of faith. Well, we we ask for your blessing. We ask for uh, power, authority, boldness. Lord, would would you cause fear to flee? And Lord, would you raise up the young people in these churches to do the work, to not leave it to Pastor Mark or to, to Pastor Dan or, or Mike, that they wouldn't rely so heavily on them that they don't own the mission themselves, Lord. Help them to see their place and help them to invest and to go and to go hard, to believe you. And Lord, we will see an increase. The harvest is white. The laborers are few. And so if we labor... The harvest will come. Fruit will be born. We believe that. So help us. Help us to to reach and to win the whole world before your son returns. That would be so wonderful to see churches all over the world. Be at work, God. Be with Pastor Andrew. Continue to give him vision and continue to open doors. Help that team. Help the people that that are... wrestling through whether or not they're supposed to go or or supposed to stay. There's an answer for that. And you've got it. So Lord, make it clear. Lord, we're so grateful to be a part of what you're doing. Just to go for the ride. Lord, help every person in this room to see that they have a part. There is room at the table for them. You know, maybe this is the first thing that they've ever participated. This weekend was the first thing they've ever participated in with Kaya. Okay, well, this is kind of a strange retreat, I suppose. But Lord, maybe, maybe you're speaking to them and just showing them that this is where they need to be, that this was a missing piece for them. 
And so, Lord, um, please help them to, to pull their chair up and give them the courage to say, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit here. I'm going to jump in with these guys. Make, make that plan for them. Lord, we love you. We're thankful. We're thankful for Dan and him blessing us right now uh, with, the, with those words of wisdom. And uh, he, I just thought he was particularly eloquent this morning, and that must have been your Holy Spirit. So <laughs> that was supposed to be a prayer joke. I don't think you're supposed to joke in prayers, but, it, but yes, amen. So, but thank you for speaking through him today and allowing us to hear from you. Um, it was good. And we love you in Jesus' name, amen. We hope that today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in his word. For more information about Kaya, for service times and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.live.com.